Good evening. Uh, welcome to Live from Rabs, from inside Rabs Country Lanes. Uh, we are here at a special time. It's nighttime. Uh, it's almost dark, at least for us. It's dusk. It's dusk. It's dusk. It's dusk. It's dusk. Well, thank you for, uh, for tuning in. Uh, maybe you're eating your dinner. Uh, poured yourself a nice glass of wine. When I get home. A martini, a, a beer, a whatever, it might, beer. whatever it might be. Yeah. Uh, so we appreciate you joining us this evening. Uh, we've been doing this every day at 2 o'clock. And we hope that you've enjoyed uh, everything and all about what, what, what we're doing here. Yep. Uh, we've got a special show tonight. We brought back the one and only. Oh, uh-oh. Uh-oh. Emergency. 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 <laughs> Joe Cal is joining us today. We have a little Half of the <laughs> Joe Cal, Joe Bruno show. You got half again, folks. We got half. half. And half is plenty. Half is half good is enough. Plenty. Um, half's better than none. We are uh, looking forward to a great show. Um, and uh, what do you got, Frank? I went to lower the volume. Oh, and uh, uh, and you I, sent out an I, alarm. I, I hit the SOS on the iPhone. And oh, all that, oh I, yeah, nine one one was getting called. Uh oh, your emergency contact. The hospital stuff. is right down the that block. Was, so let's keep them, there. <laughs> keep them there. Uh, yes, uh, Chrissy Kent noticed uh, what we already what we already what you already apologized for, uh, and she just said Yankees fan question mark. Uh, yes, I'm <laughs> not, See, not apologizing, but. Being you and Naz had your Met gear on the other day, I noticed that. I had to wear some of the Yankee stuff and show my Yankee pride. But I'm a baseball fan. I'm not one of those type of Yankee fans. It's I'm a, a baseball fan. We don't hold it against yeah, you. We love you, you Joe. Thank we you. love you in spite of. Thank you. You're I appreciate it. If, 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 if we cared, we wouldn't welcome you back. That's This is true. So thank you. Thank you. Also so, joining us today is Ray Larson. There he is. The man, the myth, the legend, oh. right there. <laughs> there he is. Ray is in the house. Director Ray. As he has been for the he's, last Right. He's usually off camera as director, but yes. today he's decided to join us on camera. He gets the on-camera appearance fee. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to disclose how much. Um, he's going to get double what Frankie and I yeah, There get. you go. Yep. There you go. Zip. Zip. <laughs> Zilch. Zip. Nana. Uh, doors are closed, right? There's no customers. There's no, no paycheck. There's no, nothing happening. Nothing, nothing happening here. Nothing. <laughs> no, let's check. Yeah, uh, no, there's nothing. No, you know, uh, sadly, there's nothing. Yeah, it, it would be Sunday sad. night, and uh, yeah. Rob Butler and his and his crew, Donna's Donna Zayn, would be balling would right just now, be yeah. getting ready to, to would just be bowling and practicing. Uh, he's been he moved his uh, weekly uh, his week bowler of the week to bowler of the day. So each Very each nice. day he's highlighting a new bowler. Yeah. He's simulating the league at home, almost like when he plays. Uh, Baseball. baseball. Yeah, that, right. Yeah. His stratomatic baseball or whatever he's doing. I'm going to have to ask him his, uh, what he uses to, to decide uh, who gets the bowler of the day. Maybe yeah. he's, I would imagine he's got it mapped out. Rob, you're going to have to tell us. I know he's watching. Yeah, he's got you're going to have to. Knowing Rob, yeah. he's got a very, <laughs> oh, very yeah. clear cut system of how he does it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Rob is uh, quite unique. Hey, so a couple of things. Uh, so, first, uh, we just a shout out and say thank you to Chris Sobel from uh, Fox 5 News executive producer uh, he reached out and uh just thanks for the interview the opportunity to share our story last night uh which aired at six o'clock ten o'clock yes 30. yes it aired several times <laughs> on, on that other network that i can't talk about I, it wasn't only our story they yeah. shared the story of uh techie geek too who's also doing a little uh little chat 
Chat. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly yeah. what yeah. you would call that. You want to talk about the show about nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Mike and those guys, uh, yeah. Moss, Partners in Sound, and they, <laughs> yeah. I love it. They're, yeah. they're pretty funny. And then they had the, the late night version. Yes. I happened to catch the other night at midnight. They yeah. were still on yes. there talking about absolutely nothing. And, and it turned into arguing with each other. Yeah. The cool thing, you know what, they, they wanted to highlight businesses who are still communicating and, and out there talking with folks. Uh, so thanks, Chris. Thanks, Fox Five. Uh, that was great. Some of the we got some great messages uh, from those yeah. that that had seen it too. And so. sharing some good news too. Thank you. Yeah, Fox. that was a good we job. We appreciate that. That was a good job. I, we certainly need that when you <laughs> want to tune out the the news. Yeah, uh, we need some good each day. We need a little bit of goodness. Uh, hey, we don't want you to forget. We still want you to share your videos of you uh, being creative and bowling at home. Uh, so sh be sure to show us how you hashtag. Bowl from home. We showed you a video of our buddy Joe uh, with his bowling pins out in his yard. Uh, we've we've seen a few more. Keep sending those. Uh, we want to. We're going to send a carpet bowling lane kit to someone's house to have some other bowling activity in your house. So, send so you will actually have a. Although it'll be carpet, it'll be a bowling lane with pins and a bowling ball. So it'll be a little bit better yeah. than whatever you might be coming up with right now. You have to go on the concrete, water bottles and yeah. toilet paper rolls, whatever it might be. Yeah. So uh, be sure to share those, send them along, post them on our page, uh, and hashtag uh, bowl from home. Uh, I also have to say thank you to those that keep up donating to our Feed yes. Out Heroes yes. campaign. Yes. So thank you to those who are watching. That's a great thing. Uh, we're going to drop the link in here again. Uh, if you're able, of course, uh, we'd love for you to participate and support. You have asked, which is why we started the, the campaign and uh, raising some money. But we're sending food out to those frontline uh, those frontline heroes yep. uh, out in the hospitals, uh, the precincts, the nursing homes. Yep. So if there's anybody that you think of that we haven't reached or we'd like to reach, yes, let please. us know. Let us know. If you yeah. wanted to contribute to the campaign, well over $1,200 was raised in a couple days. That's great. Uh, just to send some, some food to to those folks. So yeah. thank you to everyone uh, for, for doing that. We, we, we certainly appreciate keep up, it. Keep up the good work, everybody. Keep up the good work. So we've got a, we've got a, a great special guest with us today. Yes, yes we, we do. do. Uh, the, the one and only uh, Jason Belmonte, Top bowler in the world. There he is. You want to name it? He's he's got every title there is. Super Slam hero. Uh, so Jay, thank you so much for for joining us tonight for us. Good morning, morning to, to you. you. Yeah. Good morning. Uh, it is Monday here, the thirtieth. So we are a little bit uh, in front of you. I can tell you that the 29th was was a uh, it was a pretty boring day like the the last week has been but uh hopefully your 30th is more entertaining than mine <laughs> we're gonna we'll, we'll hope so jay we're gonna try hours yeah. hours is almost over all i know is that i got to i got to look forward to a glass of wine or several and whatever we're watching on netflix tonight so <laughs> that's after this, we were certainly looking forward we look forward to this every day yeah. uh, we were certainly looking forward to having you join us and we really do appreciate you Welcome to Rab's Country Lanes, uh, all across the, from the other side of the globe. <laughs> yeah. All right, thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to uh, to our chat. So uh, we've been we now closed. Uh, this is day thirteen. I'm losing I'm losing track of days. I, I think it's, I think it's like day thirteen. Yeah, uh, what's what's happening? What's happening down there? Uh, your bowling your bowling center open. Uh, when did, when did this truly hit uh, hit home? Yeah. So. Um, 
Kimberly and the kids, uh, my wife and my kids, um, we were in the US uh, eight days ago now. Um, and we had scheduled and planned to enjoy an entire World Series together. And then a few days there afterwards before the Masters was planned and we were having a bit of a family holiday. So after the World Championship, obviously, um, you know, this, this virus um, started to spread uh, globally. And my government uh, sent out a warning to all nationalists around the world that it's time to come home because the borders are about to close. So we, uh, we had to change our flights. We got home, like I said, about uh, eight or nine days ago now. And upon arrival, we had to sign a government form that stipulated that we would self-isolate for 14 days. No contact with anyone, uh, couldn't go anywhere. Otherwise, um, yeah, large, large fines were and have been handed out to those that aren't um, self-isolating. So this is where I have been for the last... Yeah, eight or nine days. It is starting to get a little bit blurred. I don't know how many days it really is. But um, the good news is, is my government has this uh, this really interesting and, and informative app. So I can go to my phone and I can look at, you know, what the current status is. You know, currently we have 3,966 confirmed cases of COVID-19. And then I, you might not be able to see that quality is probably a little bit yeah, I don't know if you can see that. But, you know, it shows you where all the cases are. It gives you a lot of information about what the government is doing next, what kind of resources they're sharing with everyone. So the best way that, you know, we try to survive this is stay informed, um, do as the government is saying, you know, don't come into any contact. I can see you guys are practising uh, social distancing there, uh, which is great. Um, and at the end of the day, it's it's the right thing to do. It's going to cause havoc with businesses. My parents, um, unfortunately, due to, to, to government um, legislation, has now closed all of their bowling centres. We have three. Um, so it's been tough. But just like you guys, we're trying to find ways to keep our league bowlers and our social bowlers thinking about bowling, um, keep them engaged in bowling through social media, uh, they're not quite as advanced as you guys as running your own show, but uh, <laughs> it's certainly been fun thinking of ways, how can we get people to bowl without actually coming to the bowling centre? So we think we've come up with some pretty cool ideas that we'll be launching to our community really soon and I'll be a part of it and hopefully we can keep bowlers bowling without bowling, if that makes sense. That makes sense. We wish you luck with that. Thank you. We're, we're trying and we've been, as you saw, we've been encouraging them to, to do it at home. And uh, we've got some, so they're, being, if you, they're all over the internet. They're, yeah. Everybody being creative and doing it, uh, which is cool. Uh, we're starting to all get stir crazy is what's happening. So Definitely. getting stir crazy and not being able to come out to your, your bowling center uh, certainly doesn't yeah. help. Yeah, it, it's, it's <laughs> so Jason, uh, I'd like to ask you about your, um, to go from one disaster to another, your Two Hands Helping Australia of fundraiser. That it looks like you were about five thousand dollars away from your goal of one hundred and fifty thousand. Yeah, we're getting very, very close. Um, I know there are a couple of guys that are still to inject um, a couple of thousand each due to other commitments, and um, I think they're still running, running <laughs> amazingly. They're still. Uh, trying to add more to their fund to add to mine. So 
Um, I would imagine within the next few weeks, we'll actually reach the goal of 150,000 uh, US dollars, which is a lot of Australian dollars. And I know there's something else, there's always something else that comes up that takes the attention away from, from the world. But the fires were devastating here in Oz. Um, whilst there, there aren't any fires right now causing havoc, uh, the damage that they did will be, you know, it'll be years and years before families are, are able to, to build their homes and, and to get what they lost, uh, animal relief, all of those things. So I'm very proud that uh, between, you know, the, the industry and my friends and, and people I just randomly bump into who have donated to the Two Hands Helping Australia Fund has has really, I mean, like I said, 140-odd thousand with only a few thousand to go is a, is a fantastic effort. I'm very proud of that. Yeah, that's great. That's amazing. That really that's is. amazing. That is amazing. So what, is it, what does the landscape look like now? So no fire, no fires that are wrecking havoc, but are there, are there still some that are, that are, that are out there that, that's still causing some issues besides what we know what the aftermath certainly will, will become, but is there anything else happening that maybe we're not, we're not aware of? I think, you know, well, I haven't been able to go outside. So, <laughs> so since, since arriving, uh, I can say that what I've seen mostly from media is uh, it's really all about COVID-19. There's, there's very little um, media exposure right now about, you know, the, the rebuilding phase. Uh, but as, I, as far as I'm aware, there aren't any fires that are, you know, literally, you know, going through towns, destroying them. I think we had a bit of rainfall while I was in the U.S., um, which obviously really, really helps. So the funds that have already, what I've already raised has been distributed to the three funds that I was working with, which was uh, Wires Animal Relief Fund, uh, the Red Cross and the Rural Fires Association. So that goes to help the animals, uh, the families that have been infected and obviously the firefighters on the front line. So um, all of that money has already gone and we're just, keep adding to it and I'm hoping to get to the 150 that um, you know I pledged a long long time ago obviously now the PBA tour has stopped it's harder for me and my fellow PBA pros to donate to it because a lot of our donations were based off television appearances so hopefully um, you know the, the PBA tour will be back on air really really soon so we can obviously continue our living but I can also uh, selfishly raise that $150,000. We'll be sure to drop the link here so everybody yes. can, uh, can check out with the campaign and, and contribute if they, if they want to. That, that, that Thank you. So you're locked up in the house. Uh, how are the kids holding up? What are the kids doing? Yeah, the kids are actually pretty good. I mean, I have very creative children. So, you know, being able to you know, go and play um, and kind of, you know, we're allowed in our backyard. So, you know, we we do go outside um, a little bit. But um, our local school and our public school that the kids go to have been absolutely amazing. You know, they've dropped off um, laptops with worksheets and schedules to follow to allow us to homeschool uh, the kids because uh, we, we aren't really sure how long this will actually last. Right now, schools are open um, and parents, um, they can choose to send their children to school. I believe a high percentage of families are not sending their children to school. I think it all comes down to, you know, if you are two working parents and school was uh, uh, a place that 
you know, not only taught your children, but could kind of babysit while you went to work. So they're still allowing um, businesses that are open and families who have two, two workers um, still take their kids to school. But it's my, so my kid's school has, I think less than a hundred kids go to the, the whole school from, you know, little, little kids to, to grade six kids. Um, and I believe less than 10 are at school, but the school is still open. Um, teachers are still doing their thing there. And they've just been dropping off all of this, the worksheets. So this morning we did we did PE in the garage with me. Uh, Kimberly's now working on some maths and English. And then after I finish talking with you, I'll no doubt go out and start handing out some detentions because uh, <laughs> that's what I want to do. I want to send them to uh, to the naughty corner with a detention. <laughs> did, you, did, you, did you put a hat on them in the naughty, naughty corner? <laughs> I, I already told them that I'm no longer dad when I at school time. I'm Mr. B, and uh, when I'm angry, it's Mr. Belmonte. So it's uh, been fun. Yeah. And that, how's that going for you? Yeah, it's going good. If anything, it allows us, uh, Kimberly and I, to you know uh, entertain them and educate them with through the through the curriculum that the school has already set. So one of the things Kimberly and I actually talked about while we were in the U.S. was hey, when we come home and we've got to self-isolate, the kids are supposed to go to school. So we might have to teach them. And I'm like, well, I don't know where they're at. I'd like, I don't know what to teach them. I mean, do they want to know about RGs and differentials of volleyball? Like, <laughs> I can talk about that. So I said, there's a little bit of math involved. Um, but, you know, like I said, Nashdow School has been amazing, handing us, um, you know, just – allowing us to keep up with where they're at, where the other kids are supposed to be at. And um, it certainly helps pass the time through the day as well. Back, back to your trip here. So you were here bowling and you had, yeah. your, you had your family here. That doesn't, ha that doesn't really happen. Yeah. Uh, what, are the, what were the emotions going through, going through you uh, during that time and having, having them here with you, certainly to celebrate? It was pretty amazing, mate, to be honest. Um, you know, I Kimberly has been in the crowd for for one title um, that I had won. My very very first title. She happened to be there, um, and the next uh, you know few titles have been on my own. So it's always been a phone call after the, the match, whether it be good or bad. You know, you want your family there. You want them to console you when things didn't go to plan and you want to celebrate with them when things do go to plan. So um, it was a very unique experience, though, having no one in the crowd. It was it was a very, very odd feeling. But knowing that, you know, Kimberly and my three children were back there, um, it's the celebration there afterwards, just the cuddle and the kiss and to be able to share it with them in that moment. It's something I'll never forget. It was something I never thought I'd have the opportunity to do. And I'm very, very grateful that the one tournament that they decided to come and watch happened to be a tournament I decided to bowl really well in. <laughs> that's good. That doesn't happen very often. No, no, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's great. You've become the, um, the dean of discipline in your, in your home now because you're playing the role of the principal besides playing the role of dad. That's a that's tough to wear both of those hats, but if anyone could pull it off, I got a feeling you can. So yeah, yeah, it can be a little confusing when you know you're. You, I don't. I wouldn't say that I'm a strict teacher or a strict father. Probably quite the opposite. But you know, you want to you want to educate your kids and you want them to follow this curriculum. So while you know 
the, the kids are kind of like slowly veering off into the distance and, <laughs> you know, you got to kind of bring them back. And then school's finished and now it's like, all right, kids, let's play. And it's like, well, you know, for like seven hours today, you were telling me to focus on work and now you want me to play. So it can be a little difficult to make sure that they know which hat I've got on at any one time. That's pretty good. That's so good. What, what does PE class look like then in the garage? Yeah, well, my eldest daughter wanted me to, to change it up every day. She said, you know, I don't want to do the same thing over and over. So can we make it entertaining and exciting? So, you know, I've got bowling balls laying around here. So a lot of the exercises have to do with picking up bowling balls like weights. We do boxing because I've got, um, you know, all the boxing gear here. I've got a lot of other kind of like um, ropes and stretch uh, stretch bands that we use. We, we have cross trainers. We've got all the stuff. And then we just kind of create it like stations. So between the three kids, we rotate the stations. Uh, and then drill sergeant, Mr. Belmonte, is just uh, <laughs> So it seems to have worked. They, they leave the class rather sweaty and tired. And, uh, and I, don't get, uh, I don't get that look of, you know, I can't believe you're doing this to me, Dad. It's kind of more of a, hey, thanks, Dad. That was a lot of fun. So we try to mix it up as much as we can. That's, awesome. That's good. That That's means awesome. you, you did your job. Job well done. Yeah, I will tell you this right now. I will tell you this right now. Um, massive shout out to all the school teachers. It is not easy to keep kids focused, uh, to also help them understand why they're getting things wrong without, because this is the hard part for me. I do this. I do this with bowlers too, and I, I don't mean it, and I always apologize after I do it. So, um you know, there'll be a mathematical equation that I look at and, you know, you can do it with your eyes closed. Or, well, first read it, then you can do it with your eyes closed. So, um, you know, when one of your kids is struggling with it, it can get quite frustrating because well, we're adults. We're supposed to know what that, you know, multiplication equals really quickly. Uh, and I find it really difficult to put myself in their shoes. It's the same with bowling when I'm trying to teach a student and I'm saying, all right, listen, we, let's change our axis rotation you know, like five or ten degrees. Let's just get our hand around it a little more to create a bit more angle. And I watch them do it. I'm like, no, no, no. That's that's kind of what we did before. We're going to change it up now. We're going to we're going to. And then they bowl again. It's the same. I'm like, no, 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 no. no. We're not doing that anymore. We're, we're changing your release, and it can get quite frustrating because it's quite easy for me, but it can be difficult. So shout out to all the teachers who have a world of patience. Um, you know, with our kids out there. So on, on the theme, so every day we've been sharing a meme of the day, and that, the, the, our, we're going to share today's meme because it fits perfect. This is this was our meme of the day. You spelled neighbor wrong, by it's the way. Fine. It's not our it's song. Not ours. We're sharing. We're yeah. right. Yeah. It's so like, neighbor is spelled with a U in Australia. Yeah. So, <laughs> you guys need to come to Australia and get taught by our by our English teachers. All right. So, <laughs> all my neighbors came out this morning scraping the my kid is a terrific student sticker off her minivan. <laughs> First week of homeschooling didn't go so well. Uh, I love it. Perfect, perfect timing. If you figured that's something you could read it, you'll appreciate it. You segue into it perfectly. Yeah, I saw I saw another one. Let me see if I can find it really quickly. That it, This was before school even started here at home. But uh, did I keep it? I don't think I kept it. And it was basically, uh, hey, mums and dads, you're about to learn. It's not the school's fault. <laughs> Amen. Amen. That one. Amen. 
We so, just went through parent teacher conferences and, and they were complaining that oh, it was all, they did a lot of digit, they did a lot of video conference for, yeah. for, uh, for the parent teacher parent conferences teacher. and they were complaining that we'd like, we, you know what, we'd like going there. No, we don't like going there. Right. <laughs> uh, we, we unfortunately went because it was the week before, not unfortunately, it was all good. We went the week before all the virus madness started and uh, it was a good excuse for me to take a day off of work to go to open school. <laughs> so, but it was, it was all good. So J Jason, uh, I have a couple of questions. And uh, the first one I'm gonna ask, if you've heard this before, I apologize before I even ask. But um, when you were growing up, when you first started bowling, did you ever at any time bowl with one hand or were you always a two-handed bowler? Yeah, no, always a two-handed player. So um, I started really young. I was 18 months old when I was first rolling the ball down the lane and mum and dad actually um, built the bowling center just a couple of weeks after I was born. So, um, and they had never rolled the ball in their life. They were not bowlers. This wasn't a passion of theirs that they were passing down to me. This was a business idea for them. So as I was growing up, mum and dad didn't coach me. They didn't know how to coach. They didn't really know the rules of the game in terms of, you know, the, the proper technique as it was back then. So they would just see this little boy who was really happy bowling, you know, with two hands. I was out of their hair while they worked, um, you know, long hours and really hard um, to, to make a successful business. And before they knew it, I had I basically decided this is how I was going to play the game of bowling. So it was, um, it was something that uh, looking back, you know, I must have had, Oh, hundreds of people over the course of my life tell me to convert. Sure. But um, I, I just loved the way that I did it. I was doing it really well. So I didn't really see a need to change. And to be to be really honest, you know, I come from a really small country town. I mean, there was no there was no way to know that this was what I would want to do for a living. This was what I was going to be able to do for a living and to have as much sex as um, to have as much success as I have had, it was never planned. This was just something that it just happened this way. And uh, looking back at it all, you know, every decision or every time I was stubborn when someone older than me or someone, you know, who had, I don't know, some kind of respectability in the, in the world of bowling told me to change, I would just shake my head and say, no, I'm good, thanks. Yeah, no, that's probably a good idea that you did that because it turned out great for you. Um, on that note, uh, my next question is kind of a two-parter. Um, when you first started to uh, watch uh, bowling, who were some of the actual um, pro bowlers at that time that kind of left an impression on you and maybe made a little bit of a bit of an impact? And by the same token, did any of those pros at any time ever travel down to the land down under and make an a appearance? Yeah, so maybe something that a lot of people don't know, but um, the PBA was not shown on Australian TV um, through my teenage, all the way through to my late teenage years. We, I didn't even know it existed um, until we had some Americans that moved to my town, Orange, and uh, they, the, the father was in the mining game. So he would come out here and he would work the mines and then his visa ran out. So they went back to America and they would send us tapes uh, sporadically of the PBA tour. And that was the very first time that I was aware that there was a professional tour. So the very first tape 
um, I ever saw, I saw Norm Duke curve in the whole lane with a purple beast. And it was the first time in my life that I wanted to buy something because someone else was doing it. Like it was the very first time that I actually said, you know, because normally people are trying to convince me to change and I would just be stubborn and do my own thing. And it felt like the first time I ever wanted to replicate someone else. So um, I've told Norm that story a few times and, um, you know, usually he gets a little blushed and, um, you know, <laughs> He, and this is like my childhood here. So once once I saw Norm bowl a bowling ball, um, you know, I fell in love with Norm. You know, I just I thought he was a an amazing competitor, very very entertaining to watch. And he was the first guy that I saw that could curve the whole lane like I did. Because where I grew up, everyone bowled down and in. It was up up second arrow. It was low, low rev rates. So. To see him do that, I'm like, wow, this this is the guy that I want to emulate. This is him. So it's been quite surreal to actually uh, to bowl against him and lose to him and beat him. And it's it's kind of a mixed uh, bag of emotions when you're bowling against the guy that you, you just fell in love with as a little kid and and now here you are. He's kicking your butt on the lanes. You don't know if you're, you don't know if you're happy or if you're sad. Yeah. Wow, that's a good answer. You know, Norm has the ability. He could he could play. He could hook that whole lane. As you know, he could play right up five. He could play between the gutter and five. He's so versatile. He's very, very, uh, you know, you, you happen to, I guess, catch him on that day where he was, in fact, hooking the whole lane. So that, that's, that actually helps, too. So um, yep. uh, the other thing is I wanted to ask on a personal note, but related to bowling. Last week on our first show, we had your buddy, Billy on the show, O'Neill. And Billy said that you're his best friend on tour. So my question is, and the bowlers here all want to know, how does a guy from Orange, New South Wales hook up and become best friends with a kid from Pennsylvania? How does that happen? Yeah, well, uh, we'll have to go back in time a little bit. But um, I was traveling. I think the very first time we met was um, there was a tournament in, um, in South Korea. And I had, uh, I had arrived. The buddy that I was traveling with from Australia ended up pulling out um, at the last minute. So I kind of arrived there on my own. And the hotel that we had had kind of like a, a really nice little bar area uh, where, you know, all the players ended up hanging out at the end of the day. So I arrived. Uh, I saw a couple of young guys that looked around about the same age as me. There was uh, Bill O'Neill, uh, Mike Fagan, um, and I went over to them and said, uh, hey, do you guys mind if I join you? I'm sure it's something along those lines. And, and from that moment, it was really obvious that between Mike and, and, and Bill that we had a lot of things in common. We had very similar senses of humour and we all were really good at the game of bowling. So talking bowling with them was entertaining and informative. So we had a lot of things that kind of just clicked right off the bat. When I went to the Pro Tour, um, you know, we had been friends since then and we had seen each other around the world, but then I decided to bowl on tour and it was, you know, week in, week out, travelling across the US. So to make things cheaper for us all, it made sense if the three of us would um, travel together. So since 08, 09, um, between Fagan and, and William, and occasionally here and there, we have other of our really close friends kind of jump in, PJ Haggerty, Tony Lacaz. Um, you know, even some of the internationals might join us, Martin Larson, Andres Gomez. So over those years, we just realized, hey, 
we we travel really well together. Um, so we continue to do that. And when you're spending a lot of time with someone, you get to, to learn a lot about them. You get to know, you know, what what makes them happy, what doesn't. We have a lot of similar interests. Family is a big deal for us. We talk about our families a lot while we're on the road. And uh, honestly, I wouldn't want to travel with anyone else out there um, as much as I do. It's, he's a great guy, really easy to, to travel with, and he's a great bowler. So it really helps when, you know, you want to talk about bowling, you can listen to someone that knows stuff that you don't in, and you can bounce ideas off each other. It's really helpful. Nice. You also know what makes them tick. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you spend enough time <laughs> yeah. with the person. Yeah, yeah, there are a few, there are a few things. Um, you know, I, I, over the course of the years, you try to steer away from them unless you're really trying to bug you. But I think the funniest part about it is every time I go to the US, there's a new word that I accidentally say that he has no idea what I'm talking about with the Australian uh, lingo. So uh, his vocabulary is growing. The Australian vocabulary is growing every single time we meet each other. But that's so, so on that. That's like you know those um, Joe, those orange things that they use on construct construction sites. Yeah, the cones. The what? No, Jay, Jay what do you call those? The, the orange things on construction sites. Cones. Yeah, we call them witches hats. <laughs> what? Witches hats. Well, it makes sense. <laughs> It, it makes sense, but they're not putting it on their head. But still, it, it well, to be fair, to be fair, your traffic cones, um, <laughs> the ones that are on the road, are a little larger than the ones that we have. So the ones that we have are your witch's hats, your your pointy, you know, pointy tip with a little bottom on a little base to the bottom, and they look like witch's hats. It makes perfect sense. I, I, I guess like, I like how he struggles to say comb. Yeah. <laughs> it's a comb. It's just a comb. But listen, I mean that's what we call it up up here. But you guys down under, if witch's hat works, then touche. That's good. Yeah. So I just had somebody share something very interesting that can only happen on social media. I have a Chris Papandrea. Uh, a Dominic Papandrea, a Vinny Papandrea, and they say they're your cousins. Yeah, yeah. So my <laughs> heritage uh, is Australian. Hi to all the Papandreas out there. Um, <laughs> so I have um, Italian heritage. Uh, my mother's side is uh, Sicilian, and my father's side is um, uh, from Napoli. And when the the great-grandfathers and grandmothers decided to migrate from Italy. There were two ways that they went. They could have gone to uh, the east coast of the U.S., um, and some of them went to Australia. So my side of that family went to uh, Australia, and some of it went to the east coast. And I was actually unaware of my my heritage with um, family around the world and where they'd traveled to until... Uh, yeah, I got like that same message. It was uh, an inbox, I think, a long, long time ago, and it was, uh, "Hey, this might sound really weird, but." <laughs> <laughs> so every time I'm in the northeast of the US, uh, in particular, Carolina Lanes, there in um, in uh, New Brunswick, uh, they always come out and support me. They're always really, um, you know, uh, they follow me on social media. We communicate as much. Can, and it's awesome to have a little a little family in the U.S. Now there are some Papadreas here in Staten Island in, in New York City area. I wonder yeah. if they're in, in, all in that family. Yeah, there are some Staten Island. Yeah. That's interesting. He, Chris shares a story that he says after World War II, 
when all of Italy came to America, you were only allowed to bring one family member, but Australia allowed as many as you want. My grandfather was one of 12 and took most of the family to Australia. Well, there you go. He knows more about our family lineage than I do. And you, you learn that right here. Live from Rams. Jason, you, you could have wound up in Brooklyn. You could have grown up in my neighborhood. You could have been a Brooklyn guy. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? I probably wouldn't have been a two-handed bowler and we wouldn't be having this conversation because I would have been something completely different. You're right about that. You know, speaking about uh, our friends at what was the former Carolina Lanes, you and I actually met. You met myself and a bunch of my buddies at one of the pro-ams in 2013. And uh, we had about 10 of us. And when it was, you know, how you, you guys bowled like half of a game on like one pair and then you would move over and go to another pair. Well, because we're New Yorkers and Staten Islanders, some of us come from Brooklyn and now we're Staten Islanders, we like to put a little side action on when we bowl. And uh, you were bowling on the pad next to us, and you were kind of watching, and you were listening to us, and we were bowling for $10 a guy. And when you came over to bowl your half the game with us, you took your ball, you put it down, and you said, cheers, mates. Is it all right if I get in your little betting game? <laughs> and we said, Jason, unless you want to get hurt, you probably don't want to get into our betting game because you're way too good for us. So I don't know whether you remember that or not, but that was at Cavalier Lane. <laughs> Listen, uh, I won't uh, deny that that's probably something I would have said. Uh, it sounds exactly <laughs> It would have been with an Australian accent, not an English accent. <laughs> I can't help it. <laughs> but I promise you it was something that I would have done. And uh, you know what? I won't, I won't uh, tell you you're embellishing to ruin a good story. I'll say that's exactly how it went down. And then I'll even make you better. You took exactly. all of my money. All right. <laughs> no, we, we wouldn't let you in because we said he's changing the story. Oh, he's changing the story. Thank you, Jason. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Hey, uh, so we've got one of our youth bowlers. Uh, we're going we're to bring Yosef in. Uh, one of our youth bowlers, uh, we had asked uh, our folks to, to go onto our page and ask some questions uh, if they had any questions. And so, Yosef, one of our all stars, also a two handed who uh, I, I was sharing with you before, learn hey videos. Uh, Yosef's got a question. Hi, Yosef. got a couple of questions for you. Uh, what's going on, Yosef? Uh, hey, guys. Do you mind if I call by your first name, Jason? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, You're not in detention, so you don't have to call him Mr. Belmonte. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that is right. That is right. Um, would you recommend bowling as a career? You know, PBA Tour, I know you've been successful with it. Would you recommend it for someone else? Um, do you think there's money in it that I could – you know, make a living out of without having yeah. to win maybe every tournament. Sure. Yeah. So that's, that's the big, um, you know, that's the, the, the scales of justice here, right? Is do you do something you love that doesn't pay you as much money as something else? Or do you try to chase it for the money? Now, here's what I will tell you. Um, with Bellaro uh, coming in as the new owners of the PBA, they seem very, very determined to increase the price funds. And here is an example. So the world championship that just happened, for no reason other than they wanted to, they added another $100,000 into the price fund of the TV show for the world championship. So when I won, that was $150,000 in one game. Okay, so that's a lot of money. And that's one event. You know, we play, you know, 16 or 20 events throughout the year, depending on how many you can get to. So 
not all of them are worth that much money, but you know what? If you're pretty good, you can make a really good living. But here is what I would tell you, and this goes for not just bowling, but anything else that you want to do in your life, okay? If money is your sole motivator, you'll never get enough of it. You will never get enough money. And you will always be miserable because you want more. But if you do something that you have an internal passion for, something that you truly love, then doing that will give you a lot more happiness. It will just give you a more feeling of being complete, that you're not looking for the next, you know, over the fence, looking for the grass is greener type analogy. It's it's so, for me, whether bowling was pay me $150,000 for a win or not, I would do this. I would bowl because it's in me. I love it. I can't think of anything else I want to do. This COVID-19 nonsense, which has stopped me from doing it, it is making me miserable. I want to just bowl. And that, to me, it has nothing to do with the, the financial side. You have to be aware of it. Let's not be silly. You know, You have to earn money. You have to pay bills and you have to feed yourself. But I've always said, if it's purely about dollars and cents, and it doesn't matter what you're doing, you'll just you'll never get enough of it. You'll just want more and more and more, and then you'll get greedy. Then you'll lose your family and friends, and then you'll be alone and you'll die unhappy. That's how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> Words of that's pearls of wisdom right there. Pearls of wisdom. Thank you. This is a this is late night with Jason. I'm yeah. <laughs> I hope that answered your question, Yusuf. Yeah, that, that, that was that was excellent. Thank you. I, I really appreciate that. Um, just one more, if you don't mind. Uh, sure. While sure. we're sitting home during this pandemic and all of this uh, world crisis thing going on, I know that nobody can get on the lanes and practice, really. Um, I've spent my time watching a lot of videos, uh, watching some videos of you, watching videos of all different types of tournaments, watching bowlers. Um, what drills or tips do you recommend for any bowler, two-handed, one-handed, anything? Um, while they're sitting home, what what do you recommend they do in their free time? Yeah, I mean, that's a really good question, Yusuf, because it all depends on, one, um, your level of skill, right, where you're at already, two, um, what you have access to. I mean, like, there are some people that have access to, um, you know, a lot of room in their house so they can afford to, you know, kind of create miniature bowling lane setups where they can, you know, they can do a five-step approach or a four-step approach. Others are a little bit more confined. It can be really difficult. The one thing that I would say, and you're already starting to do it, is no matter how big of area that you live in, learning knowledge about the game is, you can do that in, in the size of my study, right? Like you don't need a lot of room to get online, to read about bowling, to understand cores, weight blocks, cover stocks, um, drillings, differentials, uh, RGs. What does that all mean? And a lot of us uh, don't know anything about it. They know this ball hooks more than that ball, but they don't really understand and know why. So I would say utilize this time when you can't be physically working on, on your physical game to learn about the game, understand oils and oil patterns. There's so many videos, whether it be USB-C content, PBA content. I'm sponsored by Storm. So Storm have like a mountain of content on their YouTube channels and websites explaining what their bowling balls are designed to do and why. So that way when you do come back and you look at your arsenal, it'll look way clearer to you like, oh, I understand now why I should be using a, a cleaner cover right now on the lanes because I've learned that. So 
Um, I would, that's where I would probably tell people to go is broaden your horizons with your knowledge. So when you come back, you, you're going to make better decisions with the equipment that you already have. Great advice. That's great Very advice. Sound advice. Very good. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome, Yusuf. Yusuf, thanks for, uh, for joining us tonight and uh, you got your questions in there. Do you have anything yeah. else to ask Jason while, while we have you? No, that's all. Just uh, thank you, Jason, for everything you've done for uh, two-handers and bowling in general. And uh, keep up the good work, I guess. Now you're a good man, Yusuf. I hope we cross paths one day when neither of us have uh, the coronavirus. <laughs> all right, guys. Thanks, Yusuf. We'll, we'll, we'll see you on the lane soon. I hope to see you soon. Hopefully. <laughs> Uh, that's, that's that was awesome. really good. Really awesome. yep. We have any other questions? Yeah, there's a couple. There's a few questions coming in. There's one question that I can't read, so I'm going to get up there and go check it out. Uh, so we had we had a viewer ask us if you had ever, because of your success here on the PVA tour and what you, what's happening here in the U.S., would you consider moving here? Oh, Frank, that's a good question, and. Um, Okay, give me a percentage of honesty you want you want here. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Wow, you want one hundred percent honesty? <laughs> so I will tell you. So yesterday we had Kelly on with us, and yeah. Kelly was the first one, first person on on the show to drop a a, a c a, a a curse word. I should say, <laughs> uh, and I would be the first one too. So we're all about open, honest, yes. and, and being there, open with us. So yeah, go ahead, tell us, tell us. Yeah. Okay. Well, I and I, I say this, you know, with 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 yeah. true sincerity, and and it's, it's not to I didn't do not want to upset anybody, but I live in the most beautiful country in the world, and we have a lot of luxuries here that the U.S. doesn't have. For example, you know, if if one of my family members were to fall ill due to the coronavirus, then I know that my country will look after that, that my family member, um, and it won't cost me a penny. You know, I know that if I'm away overseas and something happens to me and I need to come home for medical attention, it doesn't cost me anything. The flight home doesn't cost me anything. I have, um, I, I feel a lot safer here in my home country. So when you ask, should I move to the US, I'm also uprooting three children and a wife from a place that I feel really safe and comfortable with, knowing that my, my country looks after them when, when maybe I can't. Um, and it's a very difficult thing to do. So other than the ease of distance, so traveling to tournaments would be a lot easier. All of the downside of taking my family away from their home, from their friends, from, from my extended family, I don't think it weighs up nearly as much. Now, if I didn't have children and it was just Kimberly and I, that would probably be a decision that would be easier to make. But having children... I couldn't think of a place I'd rather bring them up than, than my home country. That's a great answer. That's a great, great answer. answer. Great answer. Uh, I would tell you, we live in the greatest city in the world. So. <laughs> yes, right. Here yep. in New York. Yep. And there's one more thing, too, J Jason, that if you did ever decide that you were going to uproot and you were going to move here, you would have to call them cones. <laughs> yeah, well, no one wouldn't understand me. I'd be like, yo, watch out for those witches hats. And people <laughs> and uh, I'd just make a mess trying to tell people to dodge the witches hats. Yeah, yeah. it wouldn't work. The apocalypse was happening. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had a comment that I couldn't read, so I pulled it up. And it's perfect. It 
fits right in the theme. So Yusuf's coach had wrote in, and uh, Timmy, Timmy just wanted to say uh, thank you. I have to read this because, of course, it's Timmy McAuliffe, and oh, he put this into, into words. Uh, he wanted to take an opportunity to say thank you for being a fantastic role model for the uh, young bowling community around the world. Your attitude and sportsmanship are a breath of fresh air during these times of deflating footballs and Houston, Houston Astro hitters. Uh, you're a tremendous champion, and I'm uh, proud to be your fan. Wow. Oh, that's very kind. Yeah, that's. I mean, when you hear things like that, um, it uh, yeah, it makes you feel really good inside. Because as much as I love to bowl on a selfish note, that I love to 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 compete and to win um, and to do something I love. At the end of the day, I love the sport of bowling um, probably more so than me doing it. So, you know, my goal has always been how do I how do I make it better? You know, and whether it be doing live streams with you guys or my own social media content or appearances at certain places, I always have in mind, whatever you're going to do today, it's got to make the sport better. I don't care what it is. It can be crazy, like throwing a bowling ball out of a NASCAR, or it can be, you know, rolling bowling balls in skate parks. But whatever it is that you're going to do, you've got to make sure it's for the betterment of the game. And if I can manage to do that, then I've, uh, I've achieved. This is I have a visitor here. <laughs> hey. This Go is on. my youngest daughter, Sylvie. Say hi, Sylvie. Hi, Sylvie. How are you? You. you may remember her from such shows as the World Championship TV show. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. World famous. She loves her daddy. Does she love Mr. B or Mr. Belmonte? <laughs> Does she love daddy the school teacher or daddy the daddy? Daddy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was I was pretty tough on her this morning on PE with the boxing gloves. I was and making I, her work hard. And I love the boxing. Oh, she loved the boxing. That's good. I love That's it. And, and the, I like the stretching. That was boring. <laughs> she didn't like the stretching. That was boring. She said, I don't know that either. So I to yoga. It might be a little bit easier. No, we're not using the uh, the stretch. We're not using the rubbers right. and uh, yeah. stretching. The rubber bands. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yep. Uh, you know, this has been the theme this week with, with kids, and we absolutely love it. Uh, and so it's, it's cool. Uh, it, it shows daddy. You know, most people just look at Jason Belmonte. They, they look at this professional bowler. They look at this guy. Oh, my God, I can't go near them. And we have such access, even on-site at events and yeah. programs. Yeah. It's great to have the access uh, to, uh, to our athletes. But you're real people. We're real people. At the end of the day, we go back, we go home. We have a family and children, yeah. and it was it's awesome. It's been awesome following you and watching you with with your kids and and that journey. I'm sure is a is a fun time, and we understand why you wouldn't leave them. Yes, for sure. I appreciate it, guys. I really do. Yep, um, I'm a very lucky guy, so um, I'm well aware of it. I and I don't uh, I don't try to take it for granted any any day that I open my eyes and I'm awake. So, thanks for having me. Oh no, we, we appreciate it. Hey, uh, there was there are two a couple of other questions here. Uh, there's a common question. Uh, your favorite bowling ball in your arsenal? Oh uh, well, I get asked this a lot, and people, I mean, they don't like the answer because they're expecting something else. But the very first bowling ball that I ever had my logo on was a plastic spare ball, and since that day, I I bowl with it everywhere. And to be fair. That spare ball has got me out of a lot of trouble. I've made some ridiculous splits, 
um, in my times with those bowling balls in very clutch moments to win championships or to advance to the next round. So my favourite ball in my arsenal is my clear Belmo ball, uh, spare ball. Nice. Very nice. Your great, your greatest moment. Oh, um, on the lanes, yeah, you're talking yeah. about? I mean, your children, if it wasn't that, your children should be the first, <laughs> first thing. So we're not going to ask you that one. So no, on the lanes, your greatest moment. Um, Oh, wow. Um, I think, okay, there's, I can't, I can't give you just one, so I'll give you a couple. Um, the very first time I ever, ever won a title on tour was um, a really, really big moment for me. This was at a time when a lot of fans were pretty negative uh, towards myself and I had competitors that were really negative towards me and um, a lot of people were assuming I was a gimmick or a flash in the pan and that, the PBA with two-handed bowling won't survive and all these things. So when I um, when I won, that really solidified me as a champion and it, it proved to me that, um, you know, I could do it. Are you okay there? Yes. <laughs> um, and the second moment would probably be when I won um, the World Cup for Australia in South Africa. Uh, my parents don't really get a chance to come and watch me bowl very much and this time my dad traveled with me and I was able to win the world cup in front of him uh and then I think you know breaking the record for um 11 major championships you know to to have my name um well that and equally uh, Mike Orby's record of the super slam you know those two moments are pretty pretty close because those are two things I I never thought you know was going to happen so to to have them, um, you know, in my trophy case is, is a pretty amazing feeling. So you mentioned the negativity at the beginning when you came out, like maybe you were a gimmick or, uh, you know, I'm sure you heard a lot of nonsense. How do you think you turned that around or did people just come to the realization to respect your talent? Um, that's a really good question. I think the first thing I did was I stopped focusing on it so much. I mean, I was only young and, and I really wasn't mature and I, I didn't I didn't really know how to handle things that were thrown at me. And you know, as you get older you learn and, and you you have a better understanding on why things are the way that they are. So first out, you know, I'm reading everything i'm listening to everything and it was really difficult and it it, it makes you depressed and it, it really makes it hard to feel happy when you're bowling and you're looking around and you're like hey i i know that guy really doesn't like me i know that guy thinks i'm cheating and that that was really difficult so the first thing i did was is i started to focus on the positive on people who were supporting me my family and friends who love me, the fans who would write nice things. And I really started to say, why am I spending energy on the people that don't support me? I'm spending all of my energy on the people who do. So allowing my fans and interacting with the ones who truly were fans of me made me happier. So that allowed me to bowl better. Uh, and as soon as I started bowling better, I think a lot of people started to realise, hold on a second, you know, this, this guy might be legitimately just a good 
player. And I've always wanted to be a bowler, not a two-handed bowler. I don't look at other players and compare them in categories. Like, I, I've always hated, oh, you know, I've always thought you're the best two-handed bowler. Like, no, I don't want to be the best two-handed bowler. I want to be the best bowler. I don't care if you're left-handed, right-handed, one-handed, two-handed. I, I don't care. I just want to be the best of all categories and throw us all into one. So um, that, I think, was a motivation for me that as soon as people were, even when they were supporting me, oh, I think you're a great two-handed player, it would motivate me to be like, I want him to say, you're just a great player. And if I can do that, then my success should, it should carry forth into that, um, to change in that discussion. Yeah, well, I think you've uh, quelled all those rumors yeah. and you're, you are the best bowler. You are. Yep. Certainly are. Yep. Right now. Who <laughs> knows? So you know, I'm always I'm always making sure I'm working towards, you know, pushing myself. That's great. You have to live in the moment. So and that's exactly what you are doing. So yes. And it's being it's being real and understanding it. So before we got on, we were talking a little bit about this and you were talking about how, yeah, that's now. Uh, but what's next, right? So not just for you. Somebody's gonna come along and, and get. I was Jay. I don't know if anybody's gonna do what you've done. It's 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 incredible, and you you you've got so much more time and so much more to happen. Yeah. Uh, but there are there are gonna be these young young guys that are coming through that are gonna get close. So it'll be it'll be awesome to watch and see how that happens. Uh, and I, you should be proud because I think you help you're help setting that you're help setting the next generation up for that. So Definitely. that's cool. Yeah, well, look, I think any time a record is broken that's long-standing, you know, the person who set it um, probably, you know, has an expectation at some point this will be broken. So I have an expectation that any goal that I've left behind, any, any record that I have set, I have an expectation there will be someone to come along and beat it. And then I think that person will have another expectation that someone will come along and beat them. And I think that's just sports in general. I really don't know, um, you know, how many records will, like, never be broken. I, I don't know. I think every record at some point will. So what I'm seeing today is with the advantages of, uh, you know, Yusuf is a perfect example who we had on earlier. You know, he's researching bowling using the internet. Now, if coronavirus had have struck while I was his age, then there was nothing I could do to advance myself in bowling. I would be stuck at home, uh, playing outside, uh, annoying my parents, where now he has the ability to go to stormbowling.com and research cover stocks and weight blocks. He can go to YouTube and type in Jason Belmonte and see all of my matches and learn from them or whoever else he wants to. So that's why I believe this. the generations of bowling are getting better. We're getting smarter. We're becoming more versatile because we have access to watching people who are versatile. So we want to be versatile because we see these other amazing bowlers do it. So I, I'm really excited to see this, you know, this next gen of bowler come through, guys like Yusuf and, and others that are his age because we're in for a real treat, I think. So all records are meant to be broken. Uh, who do you uh, – Walter Ray has got his eyes on you now that he's 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 yeah. trying the two-handed yeah, thing. He's, he's continuing to challenge himself. You have your eyes on the GOAT. Uh, are you, are you go, uh, going after what he's done? What what do you have your eyes set on? What's the record? What, 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 do, you want, what do you want to accomplish with, uh, through this career? 
Yeah, um, you know, I I've been very vocal and, and quite outspoken about uh, the term goat, and um, <laughs> for a really really long time, I I think we need to invent uh, a, a different acronym because I don't think you can ever have a greatest of all time. I think it's very unfair to um, compare players in different eras and, and different. Uh, technology errors and um, you know if if we could go back in time um, and I could bowl against Earl in his heyday and then bring him forward in time and have him bowl against me and the same thing with Walter I mean what what we see from Walter today isn't the same Walter in the in the 90s where you know he was winning uh, championship after championship so um, you know, I hope to leave a legacy that allows me to be in the conversation of the greatest of this era, um, and I'm going to continue to push that. In terms of goals, no, I don't really care about reaching, you know, how many titles Walter has. Um, you know, my goals are probably more focused around the major championships uh, for a couple of reasons. One, I don't think I'll be on the tour for as long as Walter has been to amass um you know, as many as he has. So unless unless I catch a real fire and start winning, you know, eight or nine a season, <laughs> I don't think I don't think I'm going to get there, and I'm okay with that. So I'll focus more on the major championships. And when my time comes to retire from full time competition, I'll probably always want to compete at the U.S. Open and the Masters, um, you know, and the, maybe the the Players Championship. But I will eventually see. I'm happy with wherever I wherever I am. My children will tell me when it's time. I think I'll, I'll know when when they're sad, too sad <laughs> to come back. <laughs> that's the, that's yeah. great. That's that's that's, that's a great answer. Yeah, that's a very well, good. Jason, thank you so much for for popping in and joining us uh, this this evening. We really do appreciate it. Or this do. morning. Or this morning. morning. <laughs> yeah, we, we do appreciate it. Uh, yeah. just, Jason, as a coach, I just wanted to say um, what a positive. Um, influence you've been to those of us who have to coach two-handers it's yeah. been a struggle for a long time and many coaches spent a lot of time as you said trying to convince kids oh no you have to put your hand in the ball you have to throw with one hand but um anytime i see a little kid throwing a two-hand they say you two i want you to go watch jason yeah. belmonte yeah. and you know it's a, it it gives them it gives them a, a role model, something for them to aspire to. So as a coach, I have to say thank you. Yeah, that, no, I appreciate it. And it's the message I tell everyone I meet. I mean, you look at some of the greatest who have ever walked the lanes. You know, their styles are, are unique. You know, Walter Ray, I don't know if you would ever teach Walter Ray swing. You know, right. Pete Weber back in the day had um, an incredibly high backswing. This, these were things that we weren't teaching, you know, and then – over time, you realize that that uniqueness is what separates them. So when I do see a player with a, a very unique part of their game, I try to mold the rest of it around that uniqueness because that's what's going to separate them from the crowd and what's going to give them an edge. Conforming everyone to a standard style, all you're doing is making making them be who they're not, you know, bowling the way that they are. Don't get me wrong, you know, if you're – if you've got a, a really awful balance position, 
you know, you can't claim that's my uh, that's my thing. You know, <laughs> that's what separates me from the crowd. Uh, you've got to find that uniqueness within a game that you're like, hold on, if I work on that, that could be something that really elevates this player into their own category. And I'm now just going to build around that uniqueness to help them. So, you know, whether it be two-handed, one-handed, it doesn't matter. If you see that uniqueness, don't discourage it. Uh, promote it. Encourage it. Right. And tell them to keep working on it. And then you as a coach need to be smart enough, patient enough to build the walls around it. That's great. Preach. Really Preach it. Preach it. Well, yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jay. Uh, we know you're going to go back to PE class and, and yeah. what else <laughs> might be uh, the dean of the school. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, thank absolutely. You. I've got my detention slips ready to go. So it's hard. It's hard. It's hard to give my youngest one a detention. You're sorry how cute she is, right? It's hard to give her one. But I'll find a way. Don't worry. I'll find a way to give her one. <laughs> Thank you, Jason. Thank you, Jason. Hey, go, go enjoy the rest of your day. We certainly appreciate it again. And uh, we'll see you soon. Thanks. Thanks. Thank, Thank you. you. USA. Thank you. Wow. That was great. Jason Belmonte, everyone. He was great. I guess, uh, I guess I have to work on my Australian accent. <laughs> I wasn't impressed. But I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I, I tried. <laughs> you were a little English there. Yeah, you tried. it's my Brooklyn in me. I can't help it. You can't take the boy out of Brooklyn. Uh, yeah, come on. You gave it a shot. Yeah, you take the shot. Brooklyn out of the boy. I know, I know. I tried. That's, That's right. right. Awesome stuff. And uh, there, there, are, there are some other questions in there. And we're going to shoot, we'll shoot them over to him. He'll, I'm sure he'll be happy to answer them. Yeah. We appreciate you uh, spending spending the last hour with us, and of course you weren't here for us; you were here for Jason. So we appreciate <laughs> you, uh, coming in. And this is what this was about. This was about uh, providing that everyday outlet to get away and sit with us in the bowling center. Uh, just stop watching the news and, and just be entertained. Yeah. Right? yeah. And uh, we're glad that we can deliver the content uh, to you. So, somebody like Jason, uh, who didn't hesitate. Jason says absolutely. Uh, let me know when and where, and I'll be there. So he, he uh, was even early tonight, Frank. Right? Yeah, he, he was, got yeah. earlier than any yep. of our other guests. Yep. He was ready to go early. He yeah. was. Yep. Uh, so thank you again, Jason. Hey, you know this is episode nine, and so ten is tomorrow. We're going to keep going. Naz, as we say, at Joe uh, daily. Yeah. This until, is, further this is UFN. until further notice. Until further notice. Until further notice. So UFN. so tomorrow we're back at our regular time, two o'clock. Uh, we're going to be checking in on some of our bowlers. Uh, a little different, maybe Music Monday. Mm. Uh, you never know what's going to happen tomorrow. But tomorrow we're going to be checking in with some of our bowlers, uh, seeing what's happening out there and, and talking about hopefully getting back onto the lanes much sooner. Yeah. Uh, we'll see how they're dealing with their time at home. Yeah, <laughs> what else we got this week, Nance? We have a financial uh, advisor uh, for Sermonac Wealth Management, Dennis Sermonac, is going to be joining us. So for those of you who may be worried about whether you should uh, cash out all of your uh, retirement, oh boy. he's going to tell you to just calm and you're in for the long <laughs> ride. 401k. Just ride it out. Ride it out. Yep. And he's going to give you some great advice on um, and where there might be buying opportunities too. Uh, he, won't so give, he, he won't give it all away, but he's he, not all of it. So well, you're going to have to, you know, pay for. Yeah. But he's great, and um, he'll give you'll get a lot of knowledge from him too. Very good. 
Yeah, and the rest of the week we have uh, Frank DeSocio is going to join us, the executive director of BPAA, talking about the, what's happening in our industry. Uh, we are starting another segment. We've got a weekly check-in with Pam Silvestri. So she's going to be back on, I believe it's Thursday. Uh, so every, th every Thursday until further notice, Pam's going to pop in and join us and talk about the food scene and what's happening out there. Every day it's changing. Uh, who's changing their hours of operation? Who may have not been able to make it work? Who's Correct. delivering takeout? Uh, so right. we'll talk to Pam. Yep. And that PWBA champion Stephanie Johnson's going to join us. Stephanie Johnson yes. is joining us this week. Another female champion bowler yes, who right. has worked her way through the ranks. Mm -hmm. uh, she was she competed in junior gold in its early days. Uh, college team USA yep. PWBA champion, which was awesome to watch in her in her home bowling center oh, sure, yeah. uh, last yeah. season. So yep. Stephanie's going to be here with us. Yep. Joe is going to be back. We've lost Joe B for now, but we know Joe B, you're watching. We miss you. He's there in spirit. He's we, right here. <laughs> I got you, Joe B. I got you, buddy. We'll we Joe. gotta find a little Joe B bobblehead. Yeah, and he's healthy. Him. He's just he just couldn't make it tonight. Yeah. So uh, he he's gonna we'll get him to call uh, in. He's sorting his sock drawer. He yes, might be. He is. With, with Kevin Rourke. With Kevin yes, Rourke. Yes, sorting yes. his sock drawer. Yes. Sorting his sock drawer. <laughs> yes, indeed. That's what I heard. Well, uh, again, another another great another great day here at Rabs. Uh, we miss you. Definitely. We hope you miss us. Uh, we'll say it again. You might not miss us now that you see, get to, you see the rest of the day. Please like and share. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, Naz, what do we tell them? Subscribe. Subscribe. Press the little finger. Whatever it is, right? Yeah, uh, we'll figure out where it is. Thank right? you, Jason. And Naz, that was what? That was awesome. That really <laughs> was awesome. Yeah, that was awesome. And for our friends of the Monday Night Draft League, I want to let everybody know you can rest easy, sleep on 10 pillows tonight. Studio 710 back there is doing just fine. <laughs> it's, it's waiting for us to get back. It's waiting for all of our league mates to get back. It's waiting for all the bowling leagues to get back. And uh, I want to let you know that I watched Mass this morning at 9 o'clock on Channel 10. I gave another channel a plug. That, that's right. And in my prayers, I said, Lord, please end this madness. Please. We want everybody healthy. We want everybody safe. We want everybody with their loved ones to enjoy what life has in store for us all. But what it has in store for all my fellow bowlers, and especially Naz and Frankie, is I can't wait to hug everybody. <laughs> so we'll see you all out here soon. We're praying. We're praying. So Father Joe, remind everybody, <laughs> wash your hands. Wash don't your touch hand. your face. Touch Keep your, your distance. Uh, we're going to be quarantined for a little bit longer than we might expect it to. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but let's uh, let's keep everybody in our prayers and yep. certainly yeah. remember to, to keep those prayers and say thank you to those on the yes. front lines Amen. Uh, doing yeah. what they can. So, Ray, would uh, you like to say something? Come on, Ray, you're here. Well, um, I've, I've been through a lot in my life and uh, this thing with the, the lights and stuff like that, it's, it's a little bit crazy right now. But I, was, I will just tell you this. I, I've done a lot of things in my life. I've never been happier than being here and teaching kids how to bowl and running the draft league and stuff like that. I couldn't get any happier That's than right. I am right now. So, yeah. you know, I'm happy age, to have you. Right? At my age, being this happy is, yeah. is, is pretty amazing. That's it. Things to be That's thankful it. for. That's, That's, what right. we gotta, That's what we have to Thank focus you. on. That's right. Although our time, uh, as some people would call it, locked up with our families, mm. um, it's a great time to really spend some family time together that we uh, so many of us don't have. That's why I skip off the set. <laughs> <laughs> you can. You can skip us out of the show. Until tomorrow. Tomorrow at 2 o'clock, we'll see you here. Thank see you for all. joining us. Stay Goodbye. safe. Wash those hands. <laughs>